Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them for all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he. And the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The gospel of the Lord. Visions. It's a morning of visions. We hear that word a lot. Visions is... Vision is one of those words that's in a lot of corporate or organizational speak. You want a place or an organization with a vision. You want to have a sense of what you're there and what you want to see in your work. And so we hear these two visions this morning. This one vision from Isaiah. It's a vision where infants will live into old age and none will die too early. And the old, even when you're 100, would be called a youth. That the wolf will lie down with the sheep and the lion will eat straw. That you won't build a house and someone else live in it. The sense of that people in Jerusalem had built houses, but then they were conquered and other people came and lived where they were. So this vision of good, wholeness, life. And then on the other side, this vision from Jesus. Famines, plagues, calamities, persecution. Being betrayed by parents, brothers, and sisters, even, even death. These two visions, these two visions side by side. 
it makes me wonder if we still have visions. Do we still see visions? Do we still engage visions? We did something like this at our men's retreat this year. So we talked, uh, one of our mornings, we talked about how the first book of scripture was creation, was nature, that this was the very first thing that God wrote was all of this beautiful uh, nature and creation, the story out there, and that, that Jesus had this beautiful ability to look into creation, look into nature, and be able to read it, could see in the mustard seed, could see in the pearl, could see how this was telling uh, the, the story of God's uh, love for all creation. God could see this. Jesus could see this in creation. And so with our guys, we said, all right, we're going to go out into nature and I want you just to pay attention, pay attention to creation. Go out and see what nature has to teach you. What is the vision that nature is trying to give you? So all of these guys went out and about. So I found myself up by this field and I was ready to have a vision. I was ready. I was like, all right, Lord, what do you have to teach me? And so I stood in the field and I looked around and thought about it. And I looked at the mountains and I was like, speak to me, mountains. Nothing. <laughs> I saw a chipmunk come scurrying through. I'm like, all right, chipmunk, speak to me, chipmunk. What is the vision you have for me, chipmunk? Chipmunk was just hungry off into the bush. I wanted to have a vision so bad. And I thought, wouldn't it be terrible if I went back, like everybody else comes back together to share what they've learned and all these other people were like, oh, I saw this, I saw that. What about you, pastor? (laughs) So I said, well, I guess that's the story for me today. So I got up from my place, it was time, and I went. I started walking back through the field towards back to the camp where we were staying, and do you ever walk through a field and all of those little grasshoppers that were hiding because they're so well camouflaged, they suddenly start going pew, pew, pew. So I'm walking through this field watching these grasshoppers shooting in front of me like fireworks. Pew, pew, pew. When suddenly I saw one thing go I thought, what was that? So I started looking, and it's hard to see their camouflage, and I saw it go, and I looked down, and it was a grasshopper, but it was molting. And so as a grasshopper grows, it has to shed its exoskeleton so it can become bigger, but there was still a huge chunk of its molting skin still attached to it. And so I said, well, I'd like to help the grasshopper. So I went to try to grab the molting skin off the grasshopper. I'm 46. I am no longer capable of catching a grasshopper. <laughs> and so I kind of chased it for a little bit. I even for a couple times, like tried to like maybe try to stamp on the molting part. And then I realized I might kill the grasshopper, which would completely ruin the vision. Right. So, so I just stopped and I looked at it and I thought this poor grasshopper just wants to fly. It just wants to fly but it's still got all this stuff that it's going to have to get rid of in order for it to grow. I mean, it's doing the right thing. It's going the right direction. It wants to get bigger and stronger, but it can't because it's molting. It's trying to let go of stuff. And not only that, but the molting is important. It makes the grasshopper stronger. It's a part of the process is that it has to fight through that moment in order for it to grow. It doesn't just get to zip it off and then take off. 
It has to fight. It has to work. It has to struggle in order for it to become. So I thought about this vision, this grasshopper, as I thought about these two visions from our text today. This vision of this world that we want, a world where people aren't sick, where children live to old age, where wolves lay with sheep. There's no more violence. This vision, but then the struggle, the hard of that, how there still is war and famine and persecution. And I saw in this that this vision that we have before, that Jesus laid, that Isaiah lays before us of this clear picture of God, but then the struggle to have to get there, the work that it takes to, to live into that vision. See, I think we still have visions. I think every one of us has visions. You all know exactly how the world is supposed to be, yes? I mean, you don't have to think to yourself, is it okay that people are hungry in the world? You don't go, well, that's just the way it is, right? There is something in your gut. There is something inside you that says, no, this is not the way the world is supposed to be. People are not supposed to be hungry. People are not supposed to be afraid. There isn't supposed to be war and famine and darkness and pain. There's not supposed to be that. And I think that is vision. That is a part of God's DNA when you were stitched together in the womb. That God laid a vision inside you of knowing exactly how the world is supposed to be. And that vision is alive in us. And yet we have all of these things in our current life and context that feel so dark. It feels like persecution and struggle. It's easy for the present realities to rob us from what the actual vision is. You see, what leads us is not the vision of our present realities. What leads us is the vision for what we are called to become and where we're called to go as a people, to seek after the good of the world, to, to drive ourselves into saying there is a better way, right? This sense, this vision that God has given us, and what Christ is reminding us in this is that when those hardships come, when the hard things come, when there are persecutions, that this isn't some sort of uh, a story of God's absence. It's a part of growing into the bigger vision, that it's worth fighting for, it's worth working for, it's worth diving in and committing and being a part of, that this vision is what God desires from us. You see, when Jesus looks at this temple and says, the temple is all coming down, Jesus says in another gospel, but three days later, it's going to be raised up again. I like that part. Because the temple is not the point. The building is not the point. The point is to be grasping that there is a better way and that we are called and to work into and live into it. You see, we are in this process called forward in faith. And in this moment, this community is, is giving of themselves generously in their financial resources and their time and their energy. But here's what I want to say. We're not giving this to abiding hope. The kingdom of God does not exist so that abiding hope will be okay. 
Abiding hope exists because we desire to see the reign of Christ alive and active in the work in the communities in which we serve and live. Amen? I don't see my gift coming to abiding hope because I need to survive. I do it because I see a vision of a world restored. And I think, I hope, I pray that abiding hope will join in to making that vision come to be. Are you with me on this? We are not here giving to abiding hope. We're giving to the gift of the reign of God. And we believe that abiding hope is working towards that. That's where my gift goes, is the reign. You follow? Visions. We have that vision. And let me just say, as the minister of family life, as the lead servant for family life, I have a vision to see our families growing, becoming healthier places places of emotional health and mental health, that we're, we're living into a, a faithful existence together and learning to struggle and work together. I see that vision. I believe in it. And I want you to believe in it too. Because you know in your heart what that looks like. How we can grow into that. I don't know how, I'll be honest. But it's worth to molt. It's worth to struggle towards it. It's worth to fight into it. It's worth the work of making this happen so that someday we can fly, right? To grow, it's gonna be struggle. That's good news, because it's gonna make us strong so that we can fly. In a moment, we're gonna invite you to come forward and share your visions. Up here at these tables, it's a chance for you to, to, to put those words that you have, that vision that you have into prayer. And I want you to come forward. And look, there's a lot of you here, so come on down. But if it's too full, come during communion. And if it's too full, then come after church. And if it's too full, then come on Monday. But bring your prayer, your vision for the way the world is supposed to be. My prayer this weekend was that kids don't have to be afraid to go to school. That's my prayer. That's my vision for a world that I want this place to become. What is your vision? What is your prayer? Come up after I'm done praying. Bring your prayer to these tables. Set them inside here and let us all be praying together for the vision of a world restored. Holy God, we thank you for these are your visions and not ours. These are your life and not ours. And we thank you for giving us a clear sense. We ask that you slow us down, that you clear our minds, but then you wake our souls so that we can continue to live into and and know and lead into this vision you have for our world. God, we pray for a place when there's no more violence upon the mountain, when wolves lie down with sheep. And that the gifts that we bring here, Lord, are forward in the faith that you have us, in this vision that you have for us. So, Lord, equip us, strengthen us, and then send us. And do this all in the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen.